Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Canadians give low marks to all levels of government for the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. It is concerning that the supply apparently doesn't meet the demand at this moment, and there's some question about back orders and so on. You know, that's of concern. Ontario prepares for a gradual and cautious reopening of the economy. We're not clear of this storm yet. Hospital ICUs in some parts of the province are still under immense pressure. We're getting hit with new variants of COVID-19. And there's significant delays in getting our vaccine supply. And Aaron O'Toole says if there's a federal election soon, he won't be the one causing it. I was surprised how explicit he was about it, though, too. He said, until we are in the reopening phase. And that's a long way off. That's not tomorrow. That's not even April. It's Tuesday, February the 9th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So the House is not sitting this week, so we don't have questions in question period, but there continue to be a lot of queries about the government's handling of vaccines. And I think there is evidence that shows it has hurt the Liberal Party's standing in the opinion polls. Uh, What can the government do to get back on a solid footing in terms of the vaccine program, most importantly, and in terms of restoring confidence, the confidence of Canadians that the government's on top of this? Yeah, you put your finger on on some really important questions here because um, confidence in the vaccine system is not just a political problem, it's a public health problem and and an economic problem. You know, the... um, the, the vaccines are the way out of this. And if Canadians are starting to have faith in vaccines crumble, uh, then, you know, we're going to see more vaccine hesitancy. We're going to see uh, limited rollout whenever they do arrive. So this is a major problem. And I think you saw last week when the first of the polls started rolling in that the prime minister, uh, his tone, his tone changed a bit. It was, uh, he came out on Friday uh, quite strong saying, look, I know this is frustrating, but I think he's got to do more than that, obviously. Uh, They've got to do a full-on complicated explanation to Canadians of what is going on here and, and somehow instill the idea, which I think they do believe in, that in the next couple of weeks we'll forget about all of this that will be a wash in vaccines, as I heard one doctor say right. last week, and uh, yeah. and it, that things will start going. But these these two weeks, I think you really do see the government um, out there using this week off Parliament. The Prime Minister is going to come out from Rideau Cottage again today and talk. And the problem is, is that explaining what is going on is an incredibly complicated task, that there are there's manufacturing delays, there are supply chain delays, there are diplomacy delays. We're seeing Joe Biden is sticking really closely to America first, so a Michigan solution for vaccines does not work. So this is, the vaccine rollout is a complicated logistical question anyway. It is also now a complicated political problem for yeah. Prime Minister. You brought something up there that I think is worth exploring, and that is if you if you read any sort of communications or leadership book, 
they always talk about how you, you can't you can't change the facts of the situation, but you can focus on proper communication and transparency. And the more you share about what you're dealing with, the more trust you will build, and the more you withhold, the more suspicious people will become. And I, I, I think that's an area where people have a lot of criticisms of the government is there has been a lack of transparency, and that is undermining confidence and trust. Absolutely. Yeah, I looked at National News Watch yesterday, and I was, uh, I was sort of counting on my fingers the number of stories in which the government's response was, won't say, can't say. And it wasn't just on vaccines either. I think uh, there's always a tendency during a crisis for people to turtle, you know, and, and go uh, into themselves. But this, um, this, this government is, is very um, conservative, <laughs> using the word mm. sort of uh, ironically, about providing information. There, there's, again... Uh, Anita Anand, the procurement minister, has tried to explain this at her briefings uh, with limited success, saying it's not just us. We have to get the companies to agree to release all this information. And in the race for vaccines, an incredibly competitive climate, they're not doing that. The, The companies are not agreeing to full disclosure of contract details. So... It, in some ways, the government's hands are tied or its its mouth is gagged by external forces. But I think the natural impulse of this government, too, is to say as little as possible so as to get into as little trouble as possible. Right. And, and also, as we were saying, uh, procurement of the, these vaccines, all the different vaccines, all the different supply chains, incredibly complicated story and not one that lends itself easily to a few lines yeah. uh, that you can put in an ad, right? That, sure. That, that's the way politicians like to communicate. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we leave this topic, very quickly, uh, we should touch on the fact that in Ontario, as one example, there is a, there is uh, the expectation now that restrictions are going to be lifted or reduced in some parts of the province. Um, it's it's a step towards normal, but it's not normal uh, in the fullest ex- uh, sense. Um, but I, I I sense and and I know you've experienced this as well. There's an overall fatigue setting in. Uh, it's winter. Uh, it's we're we're cooped up in our homes, uh, and I feel this overriding kind of sense of of uh, malaise in Canada because of the situation we're in. Even if there are some slight adjustments to the restrictions. Yeah, I draw everybody's attention to uh, Shannon Proudfoot from McLean's did a, a really uh, eloquent series of tweets talking about all of this. The, the exact factors you said: uh, winter, the the rise of the variants, the slowness of the vaccines. It is, it's swirling around into this um, general sense that spring is a long way off, no matter what the groundhog said last week, and that an end to this pandemic is a long way off. And, and yesterday's announcement from, from Doug Ford really underlined, I think, for people, especially in urban areas of Toronto, how long, and Ottawa, how long, off uh reopening is Mm. it's uh you know ottawa it it, the the mayor was on twitter yesterday too i see late yesterday trying to explain to ottawa residents again something complicated what kind of reopening we'll see on february 16th will it be the kind of reopening 
we had last fall, you know, where you could go and get your hair cut, um, maybe go and limited dine in a restaurant, or will it just be a tiny bit more free version of what we're experiencing now? That's, right. that's up in the air because yeah. the, the numbers are moving quickly. This pandemic, the only thing that moves quickly with this pandemic, it seems, is transmission and, and numbers. The, the rest of it is just one long, slow haul. All right, let's talk about a meeting that Aaron O'Toole, the Conservative leader, had with the Toronto Star's editorial board. And he said in that meeting, if there is a federal election soon, it won't be because of him. He won't be the one causing it. Tell us more about that. Yeah, and this uh, goes right to the point we were just talking about here. He, he has said that he doesn't want an election, but all of the leaders are saying that, too. I was surprised how explicit he was about it, though, too. He said... Uh, until we are in the reopening phase. And as we just said, that's a long way off. That's not tomorrow. That's not even April. Uh, that might not, not even be June. And he he said that he does not believe, I think he, Canadians are with him on this, by the way, that there should be an election until we are really looking at more normal life in the country. And he, we also asked him what the ballot question would be if there was an election. And it had nothing to do with pandemic management, actually. It had to do with pandemic post-management. Uh, I got the sense from him, although he's been pretty strong and pretty forceful with his criticism of the vaccine rollout and what he would have done differently, he, A, doesn't want to talk about that too much, you know, if you've been prime minister, how would you be handling things differently? He he he's he's organizing a conservative election platform, which he says is going to roll out in the next few weeks. Um, that um, or parts of it anyway. He, he it's all going to be about recovery. Hmm. So you know, there's, there's the old forces that they say there are only two forces in an election to harness hope and fear. Right. It sounds like he is trying to play the hope card. That that's he he's trying to position conservatives to be the ones about you know that was bad. Justin Trudeau uh, handled this badly, but he he's uh, he wants to be the conservatives uh, are the ones to get you out of this. And Justin Trudeau right. got you into it, which is somewhat an exaggeration, but. Uh, anyway, it, it, it was an interesting hour with yeah. him. He was very much, um, very much talking to the Toronto Star's big readership, which is uh, Ontario, the GTA, and those middle of the road voters. Uh, he talked about the middle of the road a lot and the middle class a lot. Hmm. Very interesting, uh, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate oh, it. Okay, thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Canada is committed to making sure that the rest of the world doesn't get left behind when it comes to vaccination. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Globe and Mail, Gillian Kohler argues developing countries won't forget Canada's me-first approach to vaccines. Kohler writes, The Canadian government seems to be forgetting what duties and responsibilities we have to the most vulnerable populations in the global community. While we have the right to access vaccines through COVAX, the fact that we are turning to it as a beneficiary does not come without serious costs to Canadian global health diplomacy. 
This move will not be forgotten anytime soon, particularly for the poor and marginalized populations that are last in line to receive the vaccine. At Policy Options, Ursula Goebel argues knowledge mobilization will help Canada face the next major challenge. Goebel writes, Researchers from the social sciences and humanities have stepped up to help this country face the pandemic. The sharing of research knowledge among diverse groups of policymakers, business leaders, and community groups is central to our ability as a country to face the next big challenges. Canada must continue to ensure that research networks are collaborative and inclusive, that existing knowledge is synthesized, and that talent is constantly being cultivated. In the Toronto Star, Gillian Stewart argues, the anti-Alberta inquiry should be shut down before it embarrasses us any further. Stewart writes, the inquiry was designed to shame, blame, and frighten environmentalists, indigenous protesters, and those who fund them. But it is the Alberta government that now looks ridiculous for pouring $3.5 million into investigating a conspiracy theory that never made sense in the first place. Perhaps the whole point of this inquiry was to force environmental NGOs to spend time and money defending themselves rather than actively campaigning. But it's the inquiry that needs to be shut down. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will hold a news conference about COVID-19. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair will make a funding announcement in support of efforts to combat online child sexual exploitation in Alberta. Justice Minister David Lametti will make a funding announcement, followed by a news conference. Veterans Affairs Minister Lawrence McCauley will take part in a virtual announcement about transportation infrastructure in Prince Edward Island. Infrastructure Minister Catherine McKenna will make a virtual announcement from Ottawa. The Minister of National Revenue, Diane Le Boutelier, will hold a press conference to speak about support for multi-électronique et les industries des jardins. Labour Minister Philomena Tassi will announce the launch of a new violence and harassment prevention training program for British Columbia's waterfront workforce. And Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller will announce financial support for Indigenous entrepreneurs in Quebec. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, February the 9th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.